If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe podcast family. That's why on your favorite podcast platform, it reads Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. And not the title I intended in 2020. That's right, it's been going that long. The Comedy Bureau Field Report. Uh, this is episode 183. Um, I wish this was, had a nicer number because I'm really excited for our guest this week. Uh, I'm excited for all of our guests, but this is, as he told me off pod, two years in the making? Oh, yeah. And 183 is my favorite number, by the way. Wow. Wow. I'm going to ask you to unpack that later. Um, please give it up for the brilliant Zach Zucker, everybody. Wow. Woo. This guy's crazy. Yo. Yeah, he is. Yeah, uh, fa- founder of Stamptown, uh, the the um, alter ego of Jack Tucker. Someone's been reading the emails. Right, 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 right. <laughs> You love when uh, people uh, say the name at the top of an intro and then do the credits. Don't you think that's great? I'm happy either way. I never know how to respond. And so sometimes I'm like, boo, or sometimes I want to really cheer it up and make it seem amazing. But all I got to say is I'm thrilled to be here in the Comedy Bureau Cyberverse, and I can't (laughs) wait to infiltrate all of your little cyber minds. Please, please, infiltrate away. Interviews are uh, hilarious because you literally say shit you've never, like, I've never said that in my life. And I probably never would say that, like, your little right. cyber brains. But it just, right. you know, they, they put you on some weird, like, a uh, spinner. And you just kind of got to land wherever, you got to say whatever, like, the momentum brings you from your brain in that moment. And oh, um, sure. I'm thrilled with that. So I can't wait to see what else I've never said before. <laughs> perfect i mean you know i think that's why people listen to podcasts am i just describing listening (laughs) yeah Yeah. having a genuine conversation conversation. yeah look which as we all know are not my my strengths those are not my strengths and skill sets but you know I'm, i'm happy to give it a go right oh my god i would love for you to get famous enough where you have to do late night when that comes back we mean have to it's my dream you already have my routines planned out no no, no, no. <laughs> you're sitting on the couch yeah and you have to be... oh i have my routines planned out let me let me make you let me let it be known that that's exactly what i was thinking of because it's so much pressure my first one's going to be and you'll hear it here first right. it's there's so much pressure on how you sit 
the first time because it's like you don't want to be like too relaxed but you don't want to be like too eager you know can you do right. this do you like do you like big dick them and sit in their seat do i stand the whole well you gotta thing? think about your entrance too oh and obviously i want to eat it i want to trip immediately and spill a bunch of stuff uh -huh. and i'm just worried that like to me it'll be one of those ones that's funny in retrospect but right. like in hindsight but almost certainly it will not be an enjoyable experience for everybody <laughs> in the room Depends. Anyway, if you watch Adam Pally's uh, late night appearances, there's a lot of that in it where he'll do a bit that's like incredibly stupid. And about a third of the way through or halfway through, he's like, yeah, this was like bad. <laughs> I feel like regret doing this. Yeah, I don't I don't want to do this like this. And the thing is, is like, I don't I just don't have any other alternative ways of how to function. I'm, I'm kind of cursed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so wait, is I, this a, is this an ongoing quandary for you, Zach, as like a. Would you identify purely as a clown or something beyond that? Look, man, I, I I think everybody who says they're a clown is a bit of a fraud and a phony and a bozo. And sure. I, you know, the classic words, I just call myself a performer. Right. And I guess I'm definitively also a producer. So I just say I'm a performer producer. If I trust the people I'm talking to, sometimes I'll say clown because it's just easier or, you know, for career gains, which are usually none, I will refer to myself as the clown. A lot of right. people just know us as the clown, so it's easier to go that way instead of us being like, well, actually, I'm just studying in clown. You know, like, no one, <laughs> no one cares. Um, <laughs> no one cares, but I care about it so, so much, and that's why I don't I don't dare to call myself one because, God forbid, the actual clowns are listening and they, they dig up all of my clown history receipts of all the times that I didn't use a big silly nose or I didn't use big shoes or didn't use a squirt. Oh, that fuck purists. Uh, of all disciplines in comedy, fuck purists. You yeah. Know, same you. goes for stand-ups. I mean, like the what they call what the people adjudicating what stand-up is and isn't. Uh, it's it's amazing how never I would agree with anything that they say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny. It's I I it's clown. I, I have to be better about this because I I recently just did a really cool interview for something I can't talk about just yet. Sure. But um I it was a cool group of people to be a part of if you're catching uh, it's my very favorite. cool and um I won't say much yeah. we'll talk more about it another time but I was worried and I'm still very worried that in all of my interviews I came off psycho like absolutely <laughs> crazy like I went in and like basically I saw a comedian who I haven't seen in a while doing the interviews and no shade. Everyone's busy. We hadn't seen each other in a while, but the last four times we spoke, he was supposed to do our show and just didn't show up, didn't message. So this is my first time seeing someone who I'm like, hey, we should have been even lucky that this guy was doing our show. But I'm like, OK, cool. I'm not going to like be like, hey, I never heard from you those four times you bailed on the show that I have put my whole life into. Uh, right. <laughs> but I had this like really silly energy and then I was like just about to go test for SNL like I'd do a screen test for it. And I was like meeting all these lawyers and I was feeling nuts and I was feeling overwhelmed. And Jake is, uh, I won't say to what degree, but involved in this selection that just happened. Yeah, yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, well, I want to, I want to like give this guy, like I want to, I don't want him. Surely this guy was the one who vouched for me the hardest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, so right, right. I don't want to like make my friend look bad by putting his money on this guy that nobody knows or likes or cares about. <laughs> oh, geez. And then in doing that, I've never been on any of these lists before. I've never been in any of these like cool Which groups. is crazy, by the way. 
look, you know, I just kind of gave up like with everything, right. with all of it. I've right. not become jaded. I've just been like, all right, I'm feeling you guys don't want me here. And right. so, so with all this, I, I just came off though the back end of like a big fringe festival. And, you know, normally with all of our interviews there, there's a lot of them that are not the national ones. And even then it's like, no one even reads that shit. But like, there's all these really silly, small, you know, mm-hmm. online journalists that you do these like, you know, cut, cut and paste interviews for. And usually for those, me and my buddy Dil- Dylan write them. Right. We just say the craziest things. And right. so while I was going through all this, Dylan was like, yo, let me take a crack at your interview and wrote the 10 question interview. Probably the craziest 10 answers I've ever seen in human history. And then again, I know this is a roundabout way, but I was gonna, I was going here to say that I was asked about the clown community and what is clown and if I'm a clown. And I think I just went off on how I don't like any clowns in LA. How I don't think any of them are funny. They're all like ruining this thing I love. And so I'm trying to not do that in every in every <laughs> interview. So I think this is me kind of explaining that. I'm not really right. sure what I did here, but I think I thanked you and explained some behavior and hopefully got ahead of what is this horrible media PR storm I will be facing soon. Right. Well, at least your uh, roast of Chad isn't going to find his way online. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking so mean <laughs> that also sucks everyone natalie told me okay our buddy chad who i love so much and i've known for yeah chad Damiani's great 11 12 years now we've been he does stamp town every time he goes to la yeah he's never i think he's only once not been on the show that we've done it since the pandemic so i think of the 30 shows he's been on 29 29 of them yeah and he like chad apparently last year had a roast and i missed it i was in edinburgh just in the spring it was like in may or something and Natalie, my friend Natalie Palmitas, who's also one of my best, my best friends and has been doing the show with me forever. She told me, I messaged her, I was like, yo, what are you doing for Chad's roast? And she's like, I was like, I can't think of anything. And she's like, what do you mean? It's so easy. Just call him fat and bald. And I was like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, we're all doing it. And then <laughs> you know, I sent out this video and I did it. In, I did it in the roast style. Like you could obviously tell I like him and I'm joking and I'm laughing. Right. But like, I was like, all right, you little bald ass, bitch ass, fucking fat ass, motherfucking character ass bitch. Like, I, <laughs> I was like, oh, let me do a freaking, ch- oh, I'm so sorry. Let me process this by doing a character where I talk about how he's forced to read jokes that you wrote. That you <laughs> to deliver on your own. You know, like, right. I'm just joking. And I think he's right. a genius. And then I kept getting all these messages from people being like, yo, dude, your roast of Chad was savage. And I was like, what do you mean that was savage? Like, I didn't say anything bad. And I, I was told that this, the competition would be way, way crazier. Right. But that's the problem with the L.A. clown community. They're a bunch of babies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, most people actually made fun of him, like, accidentally finding a notebook to the point where when Business Casual came up, they're like, uh, we're doing this, too. So we found a notebook. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth. That's everyone knows that that's his thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I love I love him so much. And I look, if I knew that everyone was going to call that hard, I would have gotten way harder on him. Yeah. Well, then that's where people know it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's just also like, I don't know. I find this sometimes in L.A. and only not only in America, but more here than overseas because it still happens. But it's like. I feel a lot of the times the audience forgets that you're just there to fuck around and joke. And they're like, so willing to forget that you're joking. And we're not like, we've literally never done anything like edgy or racy or like problematic in any way. Like all we want to do is 
just be as stupid as possible, you know? And I get to some people, I guess, maybe it is crazy to have a show where like people light their dick on fire and whip off a flower from it. Or like somebody inserts like a drill into their body. Like, sure. I am willing to admit that maybe I'm a bit more desensitized to this style of performance than others. Sure. And to most people that's crazy. But to me, I'm like, mm, we're kind of actually lame now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so I am willing to accept that there is a gap or a curve there. Um, or just like, you know, different types of experience, but I don't know. It feels like sometimes I even have to say in the shows, I'm like, guys, remember, I'm like the guy from, remember the guy from five seconds ago that was making everybody laugh? Still me. <laughs> right. right. I'm just joking right now, man. I don't, I don't have any desire to do anything other than just poke fun and play. So whenever I get to razz the LA crowd, I'm happy about it. <laughs> you're making them better. You know, you're, you're challenging them. You're making the hometown crowd better and pushing them to understand like, yo, let's like actually look like, like, let's, I will always hop into any, any joke with anybody about anything. If they want to talk about any of it, anytime I'm like, what, what was the problem here? Mm-hmm. What was the problem here? And now again, given the context of everything that was going on, do you really, and not that you can't miss obviously, but it's like, do you really think it was our intention to like really bully or make fun of this person right now? Like in our show, two of my best friends who are two of the most successful people on the show by far and Britannic and, and like also idols of mine as performers and writers. Right. We rip them. We introduce them as the guys who've been fired from SNL and sold a Comedy Central pilot and it didn't get picked up. We fuck with their whole entire set as they roast the show. And then yeah. they eventually get me back by playing my real life Saturday Night Live audition tape that I sent in this year. And we've now done this bit like five times. So we've manufactured it. And so people, right. it was the first time we've done it in LA and like Nick the first time did it. And I, I didn't know it was genius. And I really, then I just played it, but I was like, this guy got me, he got me so good. Cause I'd asked them for notes and then they had this fucking video and it was his idea to be like, I'm going to use his Boris Johnson impression as a soundbite. And like, (laughs) and, and we made a joke about that in the show the other night and everybody like went silent and were like, I think felt bad for me, but it was like, yo, we're obviously like, we're in on this. Like, Mm-hmm. we're just having fun with what's the craziest thing to make fun of right. i don't know whatever dude hillary 2024 <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're left with sure yeah 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 that's what i want that's what i want everyone to be left with right no <laughs> biden passes away kamala goes into hiding and we're oh with hillary god dude to some people that's exactly what they want or that's what they think we're planning <laughs> that's my other favorite shit too i love i Uh, love just like this idea of the boogeyman like the the random people on the right that you don't know that are like they're planning all these things and i was like what do you for what and for who and why yeah i mean i think that's at the core of being reactionary is this idea that you're projecting all these things that haven't happened oh oh we're the all the gays are grooming all our kids they are and they look stylish as hell honey yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, yeah, that should look like, at most kids most kids are like oh all you kids are like basic <laughs> all you little basic ass kids let me show you how to turn yeah <laughs> i i don't know dude that, that shit's all like it's so strange to me that's the stuff i try to like i obviously get sucked into it oh sorry my these wind chimes around here are acting a fool um I, I i try not to get lost in all of it all the time because it is uh so upsetting and depressing but i'm like what does anyone actually think of a drag like what i've never met a violent drag queen in my life except to other drag queens in competition you know what i mean absolutely (laughs) like dude it's so weird you can't think about it too much because it really just fucks with your head but like dude more art more art 
fuck with people more, make people get out of their comfort zone and cringe a little bit and make them make them feel for a minute second what it feels like to be any of those people every single day of their life, you know? Right. Is it, so that that's you just uh did I just nail one of the topics? No, nail one of the topics. Yeah, I was gonna say, did you nail the uh manifesto of Stamptown? Well, we do have a little bit of a coat of arms. Mm-hmm. We always say this, this is a hundred percent dead ass true. Stamptown, I'm gonna say this down the barrel. Stamptown is a collective of simps with tiny wieners and big hearts, and we're positive male role models for the youth. That's who we are. <laughs> drugs, we don't do alcohol, we just smoke weed and drink beer. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, man, I, I that's part super important to me, but I just don't have the I don't think I have the resources or the infrastructure yet to really implement the positive change that we want. It sounds silly to say, but we really do believe it in our hearts, our tiny and our big hearts and our tiny wieners. <laughs> This feel I bet like when Dadaism was first coming out, this is that like kind of what it felt like. Look, I'll let you say that because I people are sick of me saying it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's when your go-to lines when you have to be genuine to explain things. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I can always feel like I I've we recently shot this documentary for the fringe, which was really cool. Or like it was about a few of us that were at the fringe and just the fringe as a whole and the whole whatever, they're figuring it out what it means. Um, but it was nice to just have other people, yeah. <laughs> it was nice to have other people um have some proof to back up the cool things that we do so we don't have to always just shout it from the rooftops because then we feel crazy talking about it. And it's like there's a way to talk about it in LA. There's a way to talk about it in New York. There's a way that British people as a whole talk about things that you have to like maneuver all the ways that you talk about your thing. So you can't like come off too cocky or too confident or believe in your stuff too much. Cause then it's like off putting, but then, you know, you can't be like too meek about it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just wish like, I don't think there's any shame in like rocking your stuff so hard. Like I, if, if you don't believe in it, then who else will, you know? Yeah. And also if you don't think this is the best show, then tell me what you do think is the best show. Cause I'd prefer to go see that. <laughs> yeah absolutely what um what are the differences in ways that you have to talk about your shit in london la and oh in the uk i mean everyone's more just like oh yeah it's not so great yeah it's, it's all right yeah it's nice it's like it's like you know people just come in but it's like you know it is what it is you know what i mean and you can't be like yo i like yeah the show fucking rocks people are like all oh, right you fucking twat you know like they get like really up on it so quick but they all do the same shit they're like the u.s entertainment game i appreciate because it's like they're sharks and they are cutthroat and the british ones are like they're also little kind of babies where they do all the same stuff the americans do they just don't do it as loud and they do it behind your back and they don't tell you so so it's like all right well y'all are still doing the same thing one's just a little bit louder about it and one sounds more british about it yeah i mean way to play up stereotypes for sure oh look i don't know if yo i don't know if you've heard this but sometimes No, it's, it's, it's the truth. It's just called, that's like the thing that I do love that me as a, I guess this is where I feel like a clown is like, you know, I am by no means uh, the uh, haver of answers to any of world's problems, but it is undeniably true that we've spent a lot of times in mostly Western cultures, but like a lot of different Western cultures, a lot of European cultures, some Australian, some Asian, some American cultures. And it's like, obviously there's, there's fun differences that, are in between everybody or that are, that, that exist everywhere. And my favorite part about performing in the UK is being the foreigner, being the outsider, making fun of the UK. And I get to make fun of their weird ass shit that they do. And for them, they get to hear it from an American guy who they also think is a big fucking weirdo who's like either right or wrong. 
laughing at him, his idea of their thing. So it's like a really, really win-win. Like they love to get the piss ripped out of them. I like to make fun of them. I have no problem looking stupid. They like to laugh at me. It's a perfect, it's a perfect little combination we've got going on here. Uh, I mean, your tube joke still works after all these years. So. God, and the thing, well, look, thank God it does because they've been servicing that tube for 40 years. <laughs> yeah, they have. It's, I'll never stop either. I'll never yeah. stop. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think if there was like a competition where uh, you would win based on how long you can drag out a joke, you might be like the top. Please. Tucker, it was hilarious doing the hour again. I, I have a, a, a character. Well, not really. I work with a guy called Jack Tucker who looks and sounds a lot like me, but is not me. I'm just his producer. But and we did a Tucker show at the Fringe this year. And I realized that like, there was a whole four minute bit written about Trump, Hillary and Jeremy Corbyn. And I'm like, oh my God, there's been like four prime ministers since I wrote this. Like it started with Theresa May, Boris Johnson, Liz Truss. Now we're on Rishi Sunak. Like we watched yeah. Nigel Farage and UKIP rise and fall and do whatever the fuck they're doing now. And like Corbin's gone. You've got Keir Steimer in there now. So it's like everything's changed. And we're like, now we're not changing any of this. Like we're making, we're making Hill Dog, Chili Cheese, Chill Dog in a in a side order of Bill. That's the type <laughs> of thing over here. You know what's crazy is that uh, I the fact that I knew who um, Liz Truss or Rishi Sunak was was incredibly impressive to a British person. Look at that. Yeah. yeah, I guess as I was rattling that off, I was like, oh, I have learned a fair bit about international politics more than I ever thought I would know in my life. And I'm I'm OK with that. Right. I just read the world news every day. Let's go world news. Yeah, it's oh, if you want to be really depressed, just do that. Dude, that's the thing. I mean, my Twitter feed is all just like war. It's all Ukraine, Russia, war and alt-right shit that's been like pushed onto me, which absolutely blows. Right. And then it's all like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates and just all these like horrific things that are right. <laughs> just these, like horrible tweets that are just being shared and said all the time. And I'm like, why do I like, why don't I get like funny videos, you know? Right. Well, that's why there are, there are specific like newsletters that are just positive news. I think I'm subscribed to one called Reasons to be Cheerful. I think David Byrne has something to do with it. That would make sense. Heads. Huh? That would make sense. Yeah. And like, to me, what's funny about it is they, they it is all positive news, but they have to get so niche with it to like, that's how hard it is to find good news. They'll, they'll be like, so refugee Afghan teenager uh, is working on a way to like distribute books that are banned in different states in the U.S. Like, God, can you try anything else? Damn. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that's a hell of a headline. Yeah, yeah. It's But it, it's not like, oh, um, no one has college debt anymore. It, it's not anything that big. Like after overcoming all of the odds and doing something one time ever, this yeah, rare yeah. thing that will never happen again, no matter how hard we try to replicate it, almost happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, you're you're one of the few people that I know like regularly performs internationally. Uh, what do you, is it? What have you learned from that? Um, I I mean. I guess I could just state things I 
I guess I was going to say, I could just state things I know, but I guess things I know are inherently things that I've learned. Right. Um, to me, the biggest one is the audience. Like it just teaches you how to like, it teaches you how to adapt your performance, how to improve your range, how to like finesse what you've got in different areas and territories that might work here, but don't work in this part of the world. Right. Um, Do you really have to also, change your references? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time. And it's yeah, like yeah. fun and it's fun. And then you get to decide like, I think one of our advantages is, as clowns or just coming from that clown style is like, we're okay with messing up and showing failure. And it's actually really funny and better in my opinion, when you do. So we're not like always worried about getting it right. So like you have then more, I think joke options at your disposal. I mean, I know you're somebody who loves to fucking nerd out, nerd out about this shit and talk about jokes and structures and the way they do it. And it's like, you could just go in straight off with right. the correct reference you right. could use yours and then play the flop of no one understanding it or kind of undercut it and be like, oh, that's more like, it's like I had that old, like the old, it's like a classic trope. And then there's just so many, like it's all the same moments over and over. And you just got to decide how you want to play with these moments. And like, you know, for me, the way I found fun, an example of how I found fun in this was like with Tucker, he talks about like, you know, it's a long flight. It, it's like two inch or like it, it's a, the bees, talking about bees. And he's like, bees have stingers. It's like two inches. Like, oh, you guys use metrics. What is that? It's like five liters Celsius, you know? And it's like, then you get to play with like, not only do I, am I aware there is a, there's so many layers there. There's like Zach, the performer as the character, understanding that there are differences and then still completely misunderstanding all the references. And like that to me, it's like finding the most fun solution with this fun game that we have here. It's like, great. It's like, but that joke doesn't work always the same back to America. Right. If I get them on my side enough, it can, but it's always way funnier to do that in a country that uses metrics. Right. versus Jack being in a country that doesn't and then having to find a way to like put it in. So you find like what versions of the shows you like better. Although to that point, I remember seeing Stamptown New York uh, at the asylum, at rest in peace. Uh, and there was one British guy in the audience for some reason. Yes, he was. I remember that show. Yeah. And you're just, I think you did like five minutes of just British jokes that really only he got. But that's the best part. It's like now we're finding a new game in the room where it's like I'm telling these jokes where there's what 200 people there, 199 yeah. of them are not laughing, and then one guy it, amidst that is all going <laughs> like some <laughs> like light chuckles, and it's like man, that is so funny. It feels like it feels like you're just watching someone like skip a rock across a lake, and it's like every time it skips, you get a little chuckle from him, and then everybody else gets to laugh around that, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's, yeah, I, I love that. And then, because then now as it, I mean, I'm, I, and especially in that night and under that context, when I'm emceeing or I'm hosting, it's like, well, now I've got a fun game to play in the crowd and an automatic save. Every time something doesn't land at all, I could just say, British guys know what I'm talking about. Right. Or I can lean to him for a reference. I can play to him as if, like, you, you know this, right? Or like, hey, back me up here. You know, these, so now you just have something that you can play up against for the rest of the time. And it's like, that's, that's to me the fun part of uh yeah of performing everywhere my, my favorite as well is we used to flyer a lot during the festivals where you know you'd flyer for your shows for hours to try and get people in and my favorite was like no matter whenever i met an american overseas no matter where they were from i'm from there too and <laughs> you find ways to talk to them someone's from cleveland oh my god dude what do you think about lebron leaving the first time someone's uh -huh. from dallas so like i don't know i'm like i, I don't actually know anything about dallas at all but <laughs> I usually would just go sports or pop culture references or right. any very little historical references that I know, talk mm -hmm. to them about this. And it's like, you just try and make a connection with somebody and then right. you hopefully can find something stupid to, you know, laugh about and then learn and incorporate going forward. Right. 
Um, be interesting if Stamptown got so big, you actually had to do like a North American tour, and you had to go to like Wichita. <laughs> or... You know, I would love to. Well, we've got people already reaching us, reaching out to us about Kansas City and like Kalamazoo and Columbus and like all these places where I'm like, yo, I don't know a damn person in any of these places. Like, I'll go, but you guys got to promise me people are going to show up. Like, I can't. Right. I can't lose money for to go to places anymore. I already do that still, and I shouldn't be. But like, you know, for the right place, I'll do it. But I'm hoping we can get big enough, you know, with a larger platform that we can eventually go to all these places. Because like, yo, that'll be so fucking weird. It'd be awesome. <laughs> right. No, I know you'd love that. I mean, what is your grand vision of Stamptown, especially because you wear at least three hats, if not more? It's um. It's funny, this is the main conversation I've had, you know, with my manager and my team my whole life, but really lately with the agents. So what do you want to do? And I'm like, uh, I don't know, kind of everything. I usually say like for comparisons to career, there's like three people in particular whose careers I've loved. And those are Tyler, the creator, um, uh, Tyler Perry and Kanye. Uh, Unfortunately, not, you know, uh, you know. As a Jew, it's very tough. It almost feels very Jewish to love the guy the most who is uh, actively inflicting hate upon your people. It's a very Jewish, self-hating thing to do. Uh-huh. But like more of their careers in that they have they have impacted culture uh, and gone beyond just like one one thing. You know, with Kanye, it was music and fashion. And um, I mean, I always thought his his films and his projects cracked me up for you know, re- like, I don't think they're always amazing. Like, I don't know if you ever saw his like pilot he made because he wanted to make his own Curb Your Enthusiasm. And it's like truly one oh, of the I biggest. Remember, I didn't yeah, see it. I remember hearing about it. But that. it's like, it's beautiful. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's beautiful at how stupid this thing is, you know? But then there's like Tyler, the creator who's gone into music and TV and fashion and festivals. Tyler Perry, who's created his whole, you know, he's created a whole city with a highway and housing for, you know, so many people to come and work on projects and it's just created so many opportunities for people. And that's what I love. Like, I would love to be able to continue, you know, as a producer, touring live comedy around the world, especially in America, like bringing this international culture back here in this international circus. I'd like to bring, I'd like Stamptown to eventually become the modern day circus and travel around with our own tent and put on a bunch of different shows and show up to town for a week or a weekend, whatever it is. Right. Um, one day I'd love to run venues. I'd love to do our, uh, to do our own festival. Uh, for the TV side, I'd love to like produce specials for us and make our own content as well. And then for live shows, I want to just keep, I love to perform more than anything in the world. And I, I just want to keep making stuff. Um, we're, we're talking about, I'm, I'm doing an off-Broadway run of Jack Tucker next year, doing like, I think maybe right now, two months, which would be really crazy. Where? And, uh, to Soho oh. Playhouse. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the comedy one. It's the comedy one. And I am so ho happy to be there. <laughs> so we're gonna be wow, workshopping your material already oh don't worry that one's already in i say that every time at soho theater in london and i will never stop doing that <laughs> to be here at soho i am soho happy to be here especially it's so good when we do the christmas shows at soho i'm soho ho happy to be here it's a an immediate amazing joke to start the show off of and then you just laugh for you celebrate that joke for like 45 seconds <laughs> right do you have a boxing day joke um i don't know but probably it has something to do with rock with rocky uh-huh <laughs> um, something of tucker misunderstanding boxing day yeah yeah <laughs> something about maybe biting santa's ear off i don't know some mike tyson santa crossover i wonder how many of them actually call it boxing day or it just christmas rules supreme <laughs> christmas rules supreme i mean it feels like that a lot like people say that happy holidays like- and i'm happy to do that i feel like a christian rules supreme 
our Christmas rule supreme sounds like a Taco Bell holiday flavored like burrito wrap. Oh, I mean, I'm sure they're gonna try it this year. <laughs> Look, if, if they don't, you know we will. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Come on down, guys. Uh huh. Yeah, have have that be like whatever bit Christina does with Taco Bell. Have that be the yeah, thing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> For those who don't know, Christina Catherine Martinez loves, uh, she's both an art critic and a comedian, uh, but loves Taco Bell as well. Yeah. And she, Christina's also a, such a badass man. She, I mean, she's a multi, multi hyphen. She's also a poet and a writer and a stand up. Like, yeah. She's great. Absolutely. Uh, how do you switch gears like that? Or is that even a thought in your head and connected to that when? do you sleep oof asking me some other you know revealing questions um as soon as you asked me that question the first thought that came to my head before you even finished that thought was like have i ever separated it can i separate it because like it kind of just goes into it obviously if i'm doing a spot on someone's show Mm -hmm. i can really just be an artist and just work focus on performing and it's really fun yeah Um, but so much of what we do is our own stuff that so much of the time i'm just that other hatch is glued to my head you know um when do I sleep? Not much. I should sleep way more, but I'm not very good at it. My body's usually like between time zones. Like, you know, I, I'm home right now for I think five weeks straight, which is the most I'll be anywhere this year. Right. That's if I don't end up going anywhere, like five weeks is a long time. But then I realize, you know, like usually we go to New York and LA and London, like every four to seven weeks, eight weeks, like, right. and you know, for me this year, I'm like, Oh, I've like crossed the Atlantic like 12 times this year. Like that's, it's a monster journey on the body and it's never traveling comfortably. So, you know, it's like just fucking up your whole body. It's really hard to get into a rhythm, like stay healthy. Like usually when I'm here, I can get to a healthy rhythm. I, I work at a dance studio now and I just like take dance class because I really love it. Mm-hmm. And so I try and dance like five, six days a week and just, you know, use that to enjoy and stay in shape and like recharge and just like learn, learn some more stuff. But, right. um, and that usually then can tire me out and get me on a semi-regular schedule. But I, uh, since I've been back the last week, I have not been on a regular schedule. <laughs> no, I bet not. I you, I bet you're like me where jet lag really isn't a thing because you're just like perpetually tired. It's only a thing when I go back from LA to London and we do a show early on because then we'll stay up late. Mm-hmm. And then I have a hard time falling asleep before 7 or 8 a.m. every night. Mm-hmm. It's like that's still only 11, 12 11 p.m 12 a.m out here which is a miracle if i can go to bed that early but right. like the hard part about being in, at least in los angeles is like at midnight the uk starts to wake up a little bit so you can start to do a little bit of work out there or you just get hit with it so you're like oh, i might as well do it and then if you want to catch them before they go to bed which is at 10 a.m out here well it's like there was a lot of especially pre-fringe a lot of late nights so i'm like up till three or four and then back up again at seven or eight just trying to get everything done and then you have the whole day like new york's probably the best place to work because like you're in the middle of london and la so it doesn't feel so so bad but then even when i'm out in london like you know it is sometimes nicer you know at midnight to get like a hollywood email and you're like oh shit you know i'm doing it but (laughs) lord knows i i have both gotten those and send those quite often yeah it's the hollywood email we also famously me and me and dylan and johnny these are two of my comedy partners um Uh, and not my friends, my colleagues, strictly. Uh, mm-hmm. These these guys, we we watched a doc, we watched Norm's talk show on Netflix in like 2018, was it when it came out? Right. And 
there was an episode with M. Night Shyamalan and he talked about how he loves to work with like innovative young comedians. And we were like, yo, we're innovative young comedians. And so Dylan, for the first time, emailed our manager. He was supposed to CC us, forgot to CC every single person. Mm -hmm. Like we drafted this message up together after we were like in France up at like six in the morning with our buddy Edgar. And we had just met him that day filming. I was like filming something in my underwear in the street. And this guy came up to us and he was like, you guys seem crazy. And it was like, this guy's now become one of my closest friends. Right. Um, actually not a friend, also a colleague, just a colleague. <laughs> and, and uh, we, we sent Ethan or Dylan sent Ethan this email with the subject line, exciting opportunity brackets, Hollywood. And mm -hmm. it was an email basically being like, hello, Ethan, we saw M. Night Shyamalan talk about this thing in this thing. We'd, we'd love to meet with him. We think we have an idea that he'd be great for. And we didn't really fully understand one, how good our manager was and how two how, you know, the world we were playing with him, but he was like, okay, sure. And then like a day later, and we were like laughing about this. And the day later, he's like, all right, so we've got a meeting set up with like M Knight's team. Can you send over all the documents? And we're like, oh yeah, we were totally joking. Like we didn't have anything ready yet. Give us a second. We've still to this day, never followed up on that. Oh guys. <laughs> oh my God. Whenever, whenever we have something happening, we're always like, oh, exciting opportunity brackets, Hollywood. Uh, You should just invite M Night Shyamalan to a stamp town. I know genuinely I would love that I don't know if he'll come but like I think he there were basically well you didn't know he was gonna answer and look to be fair he didn't it was his team I mean they don't have to answer I know but you know that's enough but I don't know yeah all right dude, uh, I, dude I, I the 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 thing that we can't mention I tell you, you, you like, yeah of course I would speak up for you but don't, don't sell yourself sure a lot of people spoke up for you Really? Yeah. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. That's I mean, that's crazy. That's I think honestly one of the hardest parts about being an international performer is like you never know really where you stand. And it's you know, until this year I'd never posted any videos online. So like I had like and it it's a miracle how helpful that's been. Like it's hard for so many other reasons. You just kind of play like slot roulette on your brain every day, being like, Is this video gonna take off? You know, or like yeah. I have to and, film this right to and who knows. Like there isn't any sort of like championship belt for comedy, and thank goodness there's there isn't. Uh, that would be a bad thing. But like, it would be heavy for me to wear it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I already have shoulder pains, Jake. What are you doing to me? Uh huh. Oh, you're assuming this is made out of real gold and not plastic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has to be carried like the Stanley Cup or something. Oh my God, I would love. I mean, we would carry it everywhere with us all the time. Yeah, absolutely um that would that would be great but like you know that that's that shouldn't necessarily really be a thing and you can only kind of gauge off of what you set your goals and expectations for and like what like what your audience like gives you you know yeah because i mean that's the thing i mean with with all that it's like you know you can measure success in so many ways like even when you said even just now you're like, Hey, you're one of the people I know who like performs internationally the most. I I'm the first one to hate everything I do, but I did, did take me back a second to be like, Oh shit. Like, all right. Yeah, I do do that. Like that is pretty cool. You know, I, I right. travel around and for whatever reason, people like to come and see the show that we put on. And because it's great. I, I know that you want to like, like roast yourself a lot as uh, part of maybe being a clown, <laughs> but like, you're great it's yeah I, I don't know i guess it's hard for me to accept sometimes um i know but I, 
but I, but in the same token, I'm like, you know, catch me in a different mood. And I'm like, oh yeah, we run the best show in the world. Like I do think it is the best show in the world, right. but also I'm still every time, like, surely they're not going to show up again this time. And then like, you know, I just checked our tickets for New York and we're like six weeks out for that show. We've not, I posted about it once. There's no lineup. I don't even know the lineup still. And we are we've already sold like 200 out of 350 tickets. And I'm like, dude, that shit to me, like what it means to the world, but it, like it blows my mind every time. And I just like, can't, yeah, I just, I can't believe, I can't believe it that people come, but like, I, I guess going back to the original point, like being an out, I feel, um, and not in a bad way or a way where I'm like, poor me crying for me. This is, I genuinely love this. I was saying, I like to be the foreigner or the outsider, but I feel like because we're kind of based in all these places, but not like locked in any of them. I don't feel fully in the UK scene. I don't feel fully in the New York scene or the LA scene, but of course I feel very much a part of them. Like I personally, again, I, I take the collective very seriously. Right even though it's the silliest thing in the world, because I just like, I love these people, you know, that's my family That's why we do it. Right. Um, but, but there have, you know, and there are, like you said, there's no championship. There are some accolades along the way or some, like, I guess, stamps yeah. of approval or things that can just help. Like it's, I think it's just, you can feel so much of the time, like you're shouting into the void and you don't know oh, if yeah. you're making progress. And, you know, every now and then like these lists, the the mentality which is how i teach or how i produce with people for fringe it's like yeah it would be sick to be nominated for an award i'm not gonna lie about that but what's more important is that you have a you accomplish all the goals that you want to accomplish whether that's making money or getting seen by these people or making a show or getting experience to or seeing shows getting reviews like whatever it is you want getting a london run getting an australia run whatever these things are all of this is more beneficial than one thing and if you happen to get this other thing wonderful like only good things will come from it and it's great but just not to live and die by the accolade or like not to live and die by being a new face or some of these other things like again it is really great and it feels like i found out in the middle of a stamp town show i sent you a, a photo i mean we were in the middle of the show i was backstage but i kept my phone on me because i have a show chat with our stage manager our tech and uh and dylan and one other person we like chat about everything that's going on and I got an email and I was like, weird. I got an email from, from Jake. Like, Oh, I wonder what this is. And then I was like, Hmm, this title only can really mean a few things, but like, that's like, I just didn't, you know, I just didn't expect it. And it was cool having now been in the game, like 12 years right. to get one of those things, you know, it feels really nice. It feels really, really, I'm really thankful for it. You're very welcome, man. And uh, listeners will find out about it in a week or two. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm, I, I was i'm on a list of top 10 russell brand look-alike comedians <laughs> even though your hair is so much lighter than his it's the british accent though <laughs> oh sure sure yeah. people think he's crazy oh <laughs> will we up? ever watch for getting sarah marshall differently probably not Just that get him to the greek all those ones yeah it was weird. I feel like I, I mean, I'm not like the biggest brand head in the world. So this one was an, another easy one to like, of course, obviously what he, what he did is horrible and that trumps any of it. But like, for whatever reason, he's been on the top of like my algorithm on Netflix lately, like get him to the Greek was up towards the top right. and some of the other ones. And I'm like, are, are more people just, are more people watching him? We don't need to like spend time talking about Russell Brand, but like, <laughs> are, are, is that what that means? <laughs> or are they just, thinking, or maybe oh, it's Jonah Hill, buddy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, because Kanye likes Jonah Hill. He does. Jonah Hill helped him uh, solve his anti-Semitism. Wow, that's, that's just so frustrating, man. Ugh, it's so frustrating. 
Yeah, I mean, that's it's it's hard to see someone who's clearly like they they know they have mental illness and it seems like they're not taking care of it. No, dude. And it's also just like I mean, like I, I'm from New York, but I grew up in Chicago mm-hmm. and I got to work on a charity with Kanye as a kid. And like he was my like hero growing up and was until a few years ago, you know, right. and it's like. It's just such a bummer to see somebody like as a again, as a Jewish person who's been very ups, upsettingly affected by all this shit. I'm like, the worst part is, is like this dude, he doesn't even mean what the fuck what he's saying. And he's just like he's he's at a point, though, where it's like, even though it to me, this is clearly illness. It's like what you're doing is then also linking up with like legitimate Nazis. And it's like that's when it's like, brother, how do you like how do you do that? How do you yeah. defend that? How do you come back from that? And it's uh, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Uh it's 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 really hard to deal with. And uh you'd wonder slash hope that he's just digging himself into such a hole that he would have to make the best album ever to dig himself out of it. Look, I hope it's the best album ever, and I hope he comes out and he's like, Yo, I'm just kidding, Bernie 2024. <laughs> I feel like the thing is, though, is like he I mean, he just had. It's such as he was like, such. he had the thing that's so tragic about it as well as like there's a line that he had, that which is like, now I got the culture back on my shoulders. And it's like this dude really did influence day to day life, whether you like him or not and whether it was positive or negative. It's like, man, you had that influence on the world. You're one of the most like powerful, influential, creative, famous people that has maybe ever existed. And like fashion whether or not people know it or like it it's like his like what he was doing with the easy brand has inspired a whole different like baggy heavy over the body oversized type stitch and look and it's like his creative output's amazing and it's just like you know there's a world where if kanye was like um if it was still the guy that was you know the guy that we all loved early 2000s 2010s even before he went oh, the old kanye yeah before he went political kanye before kanye went political kanye if yeah. you told me he was going to run for president people would probably have voted for him before he actually tried and then he started to try and you're like oh no 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 don't do this oh did you see some of those press conferences they're awful of course dude man i saw all of them and it, it just all of them broke my heart like when he went out with the bulletproof vest talking about his daughter and it's like this is a guy like me someone being a manic person myself like I, you're just like watching this guy just have manic episode after episode. And you're like, oh no, dude, like <laughs> get out of here, get out of here take care of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you want to do comedy news really quick before sure. we get you out of here? Yeah. Great. Okay, the strike isn't actually is, over, huh? Yeah, I hope any of this is helpful, by the way. I hope any of this is nice to listen to. Absolutely it is. All right. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> if nothing else, the uh, clown coat or the Stamptown coat of arms should be a huge takeaway for everybody. Look, I would love that. <laughs> we'll, start, we'll start selling uh, shirts. It's just, um, <laughs> I, I would love to see people with a shirt that's a tiny wiener big heart. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, people go by, like, if they are uni- united behind a cause, they'll go by plenty of dumb name. Uh, like, I just watched Dumb Money, and the people who, like, lined up behind that guy for GameStop 
like on the Reddit thread of Wall Street bets. Yeah. Like would go by the stupidest shit. Isn't that it's it's crazy. Yeah, it really is. And they have money on the line. <laughs> a lot, a lot of money on the line. A lot, a lot, a lot of money on the line. Speaking of which, the strike isn't over, but the WGA and AMTPT uh, have reached a tentative deal. And in theory, SAG AFTRA will be meeting with the AMPTP uh, soon to sort themselves out. Uh, that does mean that uh, over 100,000 people, or no, over 11,000 members of the WGA have to vote to ratify that contract, but that probably is going to happen. That also means late night is slated to come back soon. uh, Perhaps next month, SNL can uh, start making plans of who to cast and when the show will come back. Um, How did you have like a jump for joy when you read about that on Sunday? I did, you know, um, I don't think I'm not allowed to talk about it with contracts and shit, but like I, yeah, audition for SNL this year. So right. would be a dream. Uh, I'm not gonna even play it cool. It's a dream job. It's, it right. was in my, it was in my password that I used for Facebook and my emails for a good chunk of my life, you know? Uh, and what and, were, what were those? <laughs> so it was, <laughs> I don't think anything is it anymore. I think I changed it. Cause I think it was about getting SNL by a certain year uh-huh. and that year passed. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I changed the password. I was like, mm, well, the 10 years is up. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Um, but then I had another one which was like SNL by 30. And it's like, I am 30 this year, even though I know I look 16, but I am 30 this year. So there is a there is still hope. But yeah, I it would be awesome. You know, we're just trying to like stay patient and myself and the team just continue to wait. I feel really good about what I gave it and you know, the fact that we even, you know, got to stand on the stage and, mm-hmm. you know, fucking go for it and do my silly ass stupid shit and do some really bad jokes up there, sure. was a, you know, and uh, everyone was really kind. It would be, I mean, it would be a thrill. It would be a thrill. And if not, you know, then that's the end of my career. <laughs> oh, no. Zach, <laughs> you, will, you will get to fall on your face on intentionally on tv plenty of times that's what we're hoping for i've been practicing dude i had a great did you see my fall at the top of the show at oh yeah, yeah. oh that my was, God. oh that was great it, I, I felt it i didn't plan it but i felt my shoe fling off mm-hmm. so perfectly as i did like a full back bend with like my legs up over my head as i tripped on the speaker and i think from what i heard i shot the shoe mm-hmm. all the way across the other side of the stage and it landed upright on the stage. And then about four or five acts in, I finally left to that side of the stage. And I saw it and I was like, oh, that's where it went. And then just put it on my foot. And for the people in that corner, it was a really, it's a really nice moment. <laughs> uh, and, you know, that is crazy. That was not the wildest thing that happened at the show. No. <laughs> is that why you're mad at Chad and Natalie? It's not the wildest thing that happened? Oh. Nah, look, I, what would you say is the wildest part that happened? Uh, I mean, I think, yeah, I think Chad and Natalie making out with Karen Gillan is like just born fetuses. Yeah. From their mom with shit and piss and cum on them. Yeah. 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 I guess that's pretty shocking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's an upsetting, it's an upsetting image. 
<laughs> it's a John Waters show now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't. Um, I don't know how much people should be watching this stuff. He just got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, actually. Uh, really? Hey, first it's Waters, then it was Zucker. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I, I mean, I know Jack Tucker would love to be stamped, uh, stepped on by tourists. Man, it'd be a dream. We have a Tucker star. I, I made, I bought one of those fake ones. Well, it's actually real if you ask him, but I bought one from a Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame store. <laughs> uh-huh. just, it's, a, it's just off-centered perfectly. It's wonderful. Right. Uh, I, I'll just mention these two items, uh, news items in, in quick succession, because uh, I know you got to get out of here, but I do want to make So apparently, um, after already being like probably um, when all is said and done, the biggest sitcom of all time, even more so than probably Friends or Seinfeld, uh, The Office is going to get a reboot, the U.S. Office, uh, or like that's in the works. And uh, I don't know. I, I I would say why. I mean, I know money's the answer, but I, I still, I, I, I can almost quote to you the first four seasons of The American Office. I have not watched the rest of it. Yeah, I it it took a dip. I mean, it was always well because of the last writer strike. Yeah, that's what that's what happened. It changed the that, that to mark to mark each writer strike. They're gonna come back and give us more office. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I don't. My my friend auditioned for the. They did an Australian remake of it too, and he said it was the worst script he's ever seen in his life. And so for that reason, I would love to see what this script looks like. <laughs> I say, make all nine seasons again. <laughs> uh, don't tempt them, they might. Yeah, uh, nine seasons, I want crossover episodes, I want all of it. If enough time has passed, I mean, they, they keep remaking Batman or casting somebody else's Batman. And yeah. I feel, didn't we watch somebody else's Batman two years ago? Yeah, wasn't this wasn't there already Batman? yeah um uh and last news item which actually if i was in london i would try to like climb heaven and earth to see this uh steve coogan is going to star in an armando Iannucci sean foley stage adaptation of dr strangelove wow which will have a run on the west end okay fuck when's this i I, i'm i'll definitely be back there at some point so i need to see this (laughs) yeah uh i am assuming that means that uh, uh oh steve uh, you're, you're not gonna be there well we're trying to figure out a way to go back to london at the end of this year the problem is is i'm just going to australia for like three weeks from mid november to early december and that's a 24 hour journey and that sucks <laughs> right so i mean it's still not good back to america to la it's like 14 hours but Ah, London's fun. Yeah, and it's a reason to go. Ah, fuck. Yeah, hopefully they uh, shoot it or something, and then we can watch it, or it does uh whatever it's called, Fathom Events, where they live stream it into a movie theater. Oh my god, please. Yeah, that sounds great. I, I I'm assuming Stephen Steve Coogan will be playing Colonel Mandrake, the uh, British uh, officer who is stationed on a U.S. Army base and has to deal with a bunch of American psychopaths. Oh my god, that's so sick! It's not a musical to play, right? To play, yeah. No, we. Uh, no, everyone. I think we're overdoing it on the musicals. Oh, look! I think all of them are being overdone right now. I don't need any more fucking reboots, unless obviously I'm starring in them. 
And I don't, I don't need any more, I don't need any more like, oh, bubblegum the musical. Right. But even beyond that, like the latest iteration of Star Trek randomly had like a musical episode. Nah, dude, let us do it. Let, let the musical people do their music when it's time. You don't need to, don't, no need to do it for them. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, again, it comes down to money. Like, oh, maybe we, there, there, our market research shows that there's a uh, Venn diagram where musical nerds and Star Trek nerds like meet up. And they just, and they love it. And you're like, all right, yeah. man. Yeah, let's, let's do, let's do that. Even though none of and any of Star Trek has pointed to this ever. I think so yeah <laughs> um well that's the episode zach thanks so much for joining me oh my god man thank you for having again i i hope i hope this is usable feel free to chop it up however you like you know make <laughs> yeah, it to incriminate you. yeah I, I trust you that if you incriminated me it would be funny oh for sure and it would be it would be funny and recoverable <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you didn't say anything that bad <laughs> Uh, or I just like I just isolate the Kanye thing and without <laughs> that's all it is you know what he didn't mean what he said <laughs> and my my damning interview with Jewish uh, Jewish comedian Zach Zucker tonight. oh my god oh that was a fun, fun game just like do New York Post headlines of your show oh Jesus yeah I mean you just did you read that one star review that we got no I what did it say you go, oh, this one's a fun one. Um, where is it? This so we got like Stamp Town was like top 10 rated shows at the fringe this year. Right. And it would have been higher had they added one of our other fives that didn't make it. And then also if we hadn't gotten this one, look at this. I just texted this to you. But if uh -huh. you go to this page, you can see it and then go down and click click the one star review from Scottish Field. It was this uh -huh. guy called Richard Bath, a.k.a. Dick Bath. Uh -huh. <laughs> from a scathing one-star review of the show and called it Stamp Down Comedy Night. Wow. Kudos, dude. Wow, that was really a lot of brain power that went into that. Yeah. Stamp Down. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think uh, I... Have well, as, Stamp as Town is... Stamp Town's like a 10-star show. Jesus Christ. Go, yeah. go watch it wherever you are in the world, wherever it goes uh where, where uh can people find you online what is there anything else you'd like to promote zach yeah um i'm online at zach underscore zucker um upcoming shows are on stamptowncomedy.com we've got a newsletter and i usually just post about like workshops and shows uh how when is this coming out tomorrow oh shit um i i i'm teaching two clown workshops at the ucb theater in october i Posted one last week and it sold out in two days, which is nuts. So I we added another one today. Um, it would be so embarrassing if nobody takes that one and 20 people wanting to take it was the max. But I've got uh, to believe there are 40 morons out there who would love to come and take this class. <laughs> it's really good. I'm a really good teacher. I, I, it's a lot of fun. How um, would you describe yourself as a teacher compared to like Chad or Jed or Gilkey or any of those other people? Good. I would say good. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> yeah but yeah it's fun um i love to do it and then yeah we've got an and we're gonna do another la show either in october or november or maybe both um we're also gonna be in new york in november and then we're also bringing over one of our our artists that we work with in the uk our buddy dan y who does a character uh, a drag character called uh seance and it's wonderful drag cabaret character performance um and 
Seance is going to be doing a show at, at Joe's Pub and then two shows November 20th and 21st at the Elysian. Uh, so look out for that. You should definitely go and see that. Right. Uh, amazing. I'm Jay Kroger. I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com. At the Comedy Bureau across socials, you can find me on Instagram and not the supermarket on Twitter at MFJ Kroger. So many great causes to support this time. I ask that you please support those. But if you have money and generosity left over, please support the Comedy Bureau to keep it running. And any final words as we sign off here? What's your what's what's your awesome anniversary show that's coming up? Uh, it's at Paul Provenza's house. It's uh September next Saturday or this Saturday. It's actually invite only. If you are listening and you want to go, email the Comedy Bureau Gmail and I'll figure something out. All right. Also, epic. It is four twenty p.m. right now. You know what to do, guys. Um, go read. <laughs> go read. <laughs> and with that said, as comedy is still happening. As the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Grineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.